You're listening to Arc Reactor, concentrated reviews and analysis of all things MCU. Well, hello and welcome to another um, special freewheeling edition of uh, Arc Reactor. Um, my name's David, and with me are my good friends Amy and Joe. Hello. Hello. And we do another podcast together about Doctor Who, but we're not here to talk about Doctor Who. Uh, we are here to talk about um, season three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, because we all watch it. We all have opinions about it. I think it's fair to say. Um and this this season was interesting, not necessarily for all the right reasons. Um, just to quickly summarise where we all stand on it, I think, would it be fair to say that we, first of all, we all quite enjoyed season two, like it wasn't perfect, but would we agree that it was mostly good stupid TV instead of bad stupid TV? Yeah, it was consistently watchable. Yeah. And sometimes I would argue actually quite compelling. Yeah. Um, I really loved the whole teasing out of the Inhumans mythos and all that malarkey. Um, and going into season three, I was really excited. I was really looking forward to seeing where they would go. And the first few episodes made me feel like it hadn't lost that momentum. But as the series wore on, um, yeah, it started to get a bit ropey. Um, yeah, and so it... I, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what, what I was going to say was, um, so what I wanted to do was kind of, I, I, I sent both of you guys a quick, like three question little breakdown, um, that we're going to try and sort of tick off as we go on this, um, brief ish podcast. Um, and the first of those questions is simply, what went wrong? So, um, <laughs> Amy, you can go first. Uh, what do you think went wrong? Well, I think a lot of things went wrong. I have a lot of opinions about this. Um, as you say, it all started out pretty promisingly. Um, Simmons goes to the moon. and That was such a good episode. Yeah, it was a brilliant episode. And that's one of the reasons I was so excited at the beginning of season three, like off the bat of season two, which had been really strong. Um, it looked like... I know it's something you mentioned to me at the time, just like how you felt that season two was on was sort of built on very shifting sands. The plot was constantly changing. Mm. It was very unpredictable in a good way. And this seemed to be a continuation of that. Like, oh, we live on the moon now. We've gone to the moon. <laughs> We're making a new home on the moon. It's like <laughs> space Minecraft. We're just, yeah, foraging and and making do with the things that we find. The things that like. the everyday folks <laughs> leave behind. Um, she makes a new moon boyfriend on the moon, um, which you you were really yeah. into that. She she it's like she already she had an Earth boyfriend, and then I was thinking like yeah this is the perfect setup for Simmons to have her like perfect little polyamorous triad with moon boyfriend, an Earth boyfriend <laughs> with a sort of like timeshare on Simmons, like maybe Fitz gets her on Christmas, Moon Boyfriend gets her on Thanksgiving, and they all meet up for like Easter. How does that even work? They're, I mean, they're, In, if we're going uh, on Del Carmen of, or something. Like if we're going by sort of 
Christmas is a festival based around the Earth calendar. They're on different oh, calendars. It's a I really good, a true. good analogy for like the trying to reconcile polyamorous <laughs> kind of multi-partner relationships. But yeah, it's, it's, like Christmas has no meaning here on the moon. Yeah, they probably have different when is moon, moon holidays. Christmas? Oh, when when was Moon Jesus born? We don't so, know. Um, but um, yeah. So to, to to answer the question then, what? Where Sorry. did it start to go wrong? I, for, for, I, as far as you could tell, like we, we've got we've got the, the the high of Simmons on the moon with her moon boyfriend. Yeah, and then was it kind of after that episode? Well, when, when Simmons gets back to it's, to Earth, or? that is the episode where Simmons is rescued. That things all start to go wrong, as far as I'm concerned. A lot of things. No, no one's got anything that they concretely want after that. Yeah, really, it's like Simmons. Simmons dumps Moon boyfriend. Which, why would you do that without even testing those waters, frankly? I mean, he did seem fairly dull. I mean, he was boring. But there's a lot of boring men in this programme, and people seem to be fine with that. I don't see why this this one was a problem in particular. I will say, talking about boring men, one of my biggest criticisms of this season was how boring Coulson got. Oh my god. He was so cool. And then, oh. you know, making his little jokes. He was a cool his little dad. jazz records. And now he's just... Yeah, he's just... Um, it seemed like the more responsibility he had, the more things started to go wrong, the sadder he got. And, like, after the whole... You know, he seemed to... I If I had to pinpoint an exact moment for me where things really went wrong, it would be um, the murder of Rosalind. Oh. Because I know some people had their criticisms of that relationship, but I actually really like that as development for Coulson. And also, I thought it was an interesting tension where you've got these two kind of rival agencies, different approaches, having to find, find, find work ways to work together, or... You're describing the plot of Moonlighting. Of the Bruce Willis Sybil Shepherd <laughs> classic sitcom Moonlighting. Which I've I've not had the pleasure of seeing, so maybe that's that made it feel all the fresher for me. It's a um, touchstone, David. <laughs> <laughs> but um but anyway, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that and I and I thought it was good development and It was the only relationship that we've seen so far, I think, on Agents of Shield that has made any sense and been interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, I, and I it would really disagree. did make really? sense. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't feel it didn't feel forced in the way certain relationships have felt forced. Yeah. It felt just like yeah, these were just a couple of people who were really into each other, and like even though it probably wasn't professionally very useful for them to be into each other. They totally were, yeah. and they just tried to f- had to figure out a way to 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 balance that. Um, and then it seemed like they they killed her off for easy shock value, and essentially turned Rosalind, who I thought was a really well portrayed and interesting compelling character in her own right, into nothing more than just a springboard for Coulson's development, and to just make him sad. Um, but in in to the counterpoint of that, um, cynical cynically killing off characters for um, narratively convenient reasons to suddenly give someone something to 
give a toss about as if anyone, everyone wasn't invested in this. That's one of the things that's gone wrong with this because it's constantly been the thing that every person on Agent of Shields, Agents of Shield has said to every other person at some point throughout this series is like, I think you're emotionally compromised <laughs> or something to that effect. Despite the fact they have all been emotionally compromised pretty much constantly. They are not from, very good spies. Yeah, they are the most emotional, emotionally volatile spies I have ever seen. That ship, that plane um, is like a floating high school. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, but also cynically killing off characters for that reason. I mean, I think one of the positives, one of the most positive things about the final episode of this was that two of the biggest problem characters of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were blown up in a spaceship. <laughs> like, they they will use it to solve problems as well as to just needlessly ramp up the stakes. Yeah, that that did feel like a, a, a very necessary clearing of the decks, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, like, the converse negative of that is Logan and Ward just mm-hmm. being there. Being there long beyond any usefulness they might seem to have to anyone for any reason. Yeah, I I think I, I, I did have my concerns going into season three when I read the announcement that Lincoln was going to be a main character for the, the season. I, I, I just thought, that guy? He's, the, he's got the so much of wood that started hanging around towards the end of season two. He's got so, so much that's... character to him, David. He's got, he's had so much character <laughs> development. He killed someone in a DUI once, so now he's afraid of electrocuting people. It makes perfect sense. Why don't you understand this? Ah, oh, dear God. That's yeah, why I... Rosalind was so refreshing. It's like every other relationship has just been two people going, oh, but no, we can't. And we've been sitting at home going, oh, all right, then don't. That's that's alright. That's fine. No no one's forcing you to. No. <laughs> exactly. It's the writers are just bashing their action figures together going kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> Listeners um, to our Doctor Who podcast, uh Children of the Wilderness might get that reference. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Seeing as I did forgot to mention the name of the podcast earlier. But anyway. I've got I've got um, another point off the back of what I was just saying about character development. Yes. I mean for all the sort of lack of it for a bunch of people, um we got you know um Colson got some cool toys. He got a <laughs> he got a, a bar he, that turned that is a secret entrance to his base <laughs> yes. which is quite sort of sixties spy and is like a callback to the time when, you know, Colson actually had things that we knew he was interested in and would talk about them sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and he and Mac he got his, Mac, his fancy hands as well. Let's not forget all of the yeah, like, got a bunch of gadget hands. hands. <laughs> like they, Jamie Lannister gadget they, hands. Yeah, they kept sort of Go, giving him new hands because he kept fucking trashing them. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, These things cost money. But, you know? Yeah, back back when I was when I was briefly um, blogging about MCU before I decided to do a podcast instead um, because that's slightly easier. Um, <laughs> I um, I did sort of make reference to the fact that I, that I I really hoped that he that Fitz had made him aware that those things don't grow on trees. (laughs) (laughs) That he does have to make a new hand every time he just 
<laughs> ditches an old one in some, you know. Well, uh, speaking about new hands, <laughs> um, I think one of the positive additions to the cast, but also one of the negative things about the season finale, is uh, Scotty McScotsman. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name. Um, like I just think of him as solid actor, I, cold feet. I mostly <laughs> veteran. I mostly know him from A Touch of Cloth, so I just think of him as yeah. Cloth. <laughs> Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, um, yeah, he's an awesome actor to have in it, and had some brilliant lines about just basically being a spineless toady. Absolutely, uh, who would do anything, like because please don't kill me. Mm. Um, but also the sort of teaser for what was going to be happening next season at the end of um, Agents of Sealed season three was with him like making some kind of possible female gendered human robot something just looked tedious well yeah um, we'll we'll have to wait and see um like so my second question that i that i sent to you guys was were there any particular redeeming qualities or standout moments i think we kind of touched on some of them we all kind of agree that um rosalind was good whilst she was there and maybe it would have been good if she'd stuck around a bit longer we all loved the the simmons on the moon episode um, was there anything else that you guys particularly? Yeah, <laughs> I loved Yo Yo. I thought she great. was brilliant. She was. I don't know why they didn't use her more. Yeah. See also Joey. Um, yeah, I mean that's an awesome thing. That's the first LGBT character yeah. officially in the cinematic slash televisual. Like, yes. Apart from universe. the fact that Sky began this season with a very gay haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, that was. Um, with my with my nerd hat on there, that was the kind of half arsing an attempt to make her look more like uh, Quake from the comics, who oh, has yes. like full on um, what do you call it? The very short when ladies have very short hair. There's a, like a pixie cut. That's the word. I've completely right. blanked on that. Yeah, she's got that that whole thing going on. Whereas Sky obviously had lovely long flowing hair for the first couple of seasons, they were like, "We'll cut half of it off." (laughs) Will that do? Yeah. You're happy now, nerds. (laughs) See what I I quite liked. Yeah, I remember it being a big deal at the time. But I I mean, a positive thing about this season would be um, Mac. Yes. Um, The first. person well, no, the first black male character to survive more than a season yeah in he agents he of shield who got some award for that yeah <laughs> who got some serious character development he got i listed it i decided what's happened to mac this character and i was like oh well up to three things that's more than's really happened to most people um he uh he got a brother um who we only saw for one episode and was conflicted about things to do with uh, humans' rights activism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he got a meaningful non-romantic relationship with a female character, um, sort of with Sky. He had this sort of she's my partner thing going on. Yeah. He sort of their dynamic was kind of gone into because they sort of bonded and stuff. Um, and he got to brush up on his Spanish. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I put such heavy inverted commas around that. <laughs> but that's you know he's a human person who has extracurricular activities. Yeah, I, I agree. How many of the agents can we say that about? <laughs> that's very true. Mac, I think, has been a real standout, real sort of solid 
dependable character. Like I was never groaning when Mac uh, Mac came on screen. Um, mm. Which, to be honest, it got to the point where there were times when even when Coulson was coming on screen, when he was getting mm. all sad and gloomy, I was like, oh great, either he's going to spend the entire scene sighing or going through some clunky exposition with a sort of glazed, faraway look in his eye. <laughs> so, like, Coulson stopped being fun to, to see after a while. Just sort of Coulson just stares at screens <laughs> and just occasionally under his breath goes, Oh, Rosalind. Pretty much. That, <laughs> just, that was his thing this season. Yeah. Just being sad and then angry and murderous and then... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I had an episode in particular that I really liked, and it's not the moon one. Oh, what's that? Uh, space time. And there was something I really liked about it, and something I absolutely hated about it. It was part of... It was a huge episode. It was the episode where there's an inhuman who can see into the future, and anytime someone touches him, they kind of spark uh, yes. this sort of yes, vision I remember that of um, a future thing. Yes. The thing I had most disliked about the season, or certainly the second half of the season, because it's difficult to remember, because they split it in half, so it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. the first half I probably preferred, mm. but the thing I really disliked was they kept going back to this um, oh, someone's in space someone's, uh, oh, there's a necklace floating around Yeah. oh, there's a, and they were doing this sort of flash forward thing, which I think would work if you were seeing a different thing every time and if it was slowly unfolding a different piece of the puzzle and if yeah. that was gradually rolled out as it turns out they just sort of resolved it towards the end with a bunch of switcheroo nonsense mm. like just sort of like oh who's got the jacket now um, but, kind of in the last few episodes yeah, but, but when, when you first saw it then you say it, it really piqued your interest and you were kind of looking forward to and then it didn't developed. really develop at all yeah, yeah. until right at the end and they just showed it to you on that episode as well, but anyway, the episode where the guy sees into the future, what I really liked about it was a lot of the best bits about Agents of Shield are kind of choreographed fight scenes, mm-hmm. um, and what they were doing was basically giving all of the actors kind of they were like, let's do the choreographing of a fight scene in the show. They are sort oh, of ah yes, yeah, pre- that was a cool conceit. Yeah, it was a really nice way to get them sort of being actors in a, on a stage almost, like doing kind of blocking, basically, yeah. of something they know is going to happen. Yeah, that <laughs> was a cool idea. I, I really liked that bit of it, but I absolutely couldn't stand the who's going to die thing because I don't think anyone cared. Like, I think <laughs> up by the end of it, I wanted at least two people to die. <laughs> and were they the people who did end up dying? Oh, definitely. They were the people that needed to die. <laughs> so... Um... I mean, at least on that level, it was satisfying for you then. Yeah, you know, they got to have a little moment. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with both of you now and tell you that I cannot remember who died because I was not paying attention. It was Lincoln um, and Ward. Yeah. Wow, that well, is... To, to use Amy's parlance, because when you first started showing Amy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., David, she developed these names for the characters. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. um, so Ward was Agent Manchin. <laughs> And what was Lincoln? I don't think Lincoln had a nickname. That guy who you just can't remember anything about. Yeah, he was just a vacant space in my vision. It wasn't... (laughs) Didn't have enough of a personality to warrant any kind of name. 
but yeah, that that sort of who's going to die thing doesn't have any weight on a show where it seems like they've clearly decided they'll just kill anyone off just to give someone something to do for two episodes. Yeah, exactly. It felt like such cheap drama. and It's this soap opera yeah. style. It like get, got too close to the bad bit of soap opera, not the sort of cool, melodramatic nonsense. Exactly. And there was that bit similarly when um, Bobby and Hunter were sort of leaving the show. Mm. Like, it wasn't dying, but they were leaving. And that scene in the bar where everyone's sort of raising a glass to them. My I God, just, did they it made me pretty angry because I was like, I'm crying, <laughs> but I shouldn't be. You have done nothing to deserve <laughs> yeah, these tears. Don't, don't even like them. I, I don't like them. I wasn't actually crying, but I, I was. was I was on the verge. And they, it was a very well done scene yeah. because there were two characters who I personally could not have given a <laughs> about. And the swelling of the music, the sort of meaningful eye contact, the, it was incredibly <laughs> manipulative. Mm. It, it really was. Um, I feel like we should touch on briefly then, uh, Bobby and Hunter, they were written out of the show in order to star in their own unnecessary spin-off, <laughs> which it turned out was so unnecessary that they didn't even pick it up after the pilot, which also wasn't even broadcast. So that pilot now I would love to see now exists in this sort of like weird limbo where is it canon or not? If it hasn't been oh, broadcast... Gosh. Can we say that those events actually took Comes place? To but something. we don't even know what happens in it. Exactly, we don't. It, yeah. we, <laughs> but it we comes know to that something it exists. Where... We know something happened oh because they committed Somebody's it to Somebody's got to leak it, right? Um, yeah. so I would it's love not to interesting see it enough to get leaked. It comes to something where something is considered unnecessary in comics. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the amount of ephemeral oh. that goes on in comics. I just feel like... There's, all the all the additional MCU stuff that you could do, spinning off two of the more enjoyable characters from Agents of Shield into their own <laughs> spin. All it all it does is suck that bit of energy out of the main show. I mean, their their and- leaving episode was good in the sense like there was a nice little dramatic device where they had um, you know cutting back and forth between both of them under interrogation yes, yeah. and Bobby just I, says I really nothing like and Hunter says overall. loads of stuff and Hunter just sort of sort of <laughs> won't shut up yeah. and gives them more information than they could possibly They were ever prepared use. for that trope. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I never really I was alright with Bobby but Hunter, especially sort of the early Hunter where he's just sort of I don't know, seems vaguely competent, but also a liability. But and that's one of the things just... that makes him interesting as a character, I think, is that he's, that he's you know, very well trained as, as a mercenary, but he has no real espionage um, finesse. Like, I really love that, and especially when they play that a bit for laughs, like, I loved the um, scene... I forget which episode, but where he's got to pose as like a a, a um, Snowden-style hacker or something, but he's like Hunt and Peck typing because mm. <laughs> he has no computer literacy whatsoever, and he's and it's all just coming through a feed from Sky. Um, Don't you at least need to use like? Windows XP to be a mercenary. No, Don't they need that? It's basically point and click oh, as far wow. as Hunter's concerned. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, you know, I, I, I love those kinds of moments and I did feel that 
after they were written out of the show that that was another point at which there was a kind of a bit of air let out the balloon it, yeah. it felt the show felt a bit saggier and more leaden and i i really missed them and i um, this leads me into the final point that I wanted us to talk about, which um, is there hope for season four? Will it? Could it get better? And I would say that one of the ways in which it really could is if they found a way to reintroduce those characters. Now that we know they're not getting their own spin-off show, can we just have them back, please? Maybe mm, the potential is definitely there. They've got I good mean, ingredients yeah. if they choose to use them. Yeah. Like in a in a series where they just seem to be pairing up everyone, like sort of pandas in a zoo <laughs> like Just, agents of shield were a, a s- endangered species and they were just trying to rub them together so they were f- <laughs> um, like they like in a series where they did that with everyone like you can't be just throwing away characters that you've actually put a decent amount of like at least screen time if not effort into pairing up and to making like a couple yeah it, it does feel like a waste to just sort of chuck them out mid-season and then that's that. That's the end yeah. of their story. Um, it will make that episode where there was a big emotional leaving point for them look quite silly. <laughs> like if they just come will. back. <laughs> it kind of will, but you know what? Like the whole thing was like, oh, they're out in the cold now. They can't come back. They're rogue agents. And they're just going to be like, uh, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> Who really cares? It's only Russia. <laughs> Turns out there are no consequences on on a legal level mm. that will ever prevent us from doing anything we want to do. I don't know how Shield continues to operate as an agency. Nobody seems to be in charge. Oh no, they apparently they're living under a bar. <laughs> like I get the feeling that that might be a bit. Like, that's bad for them. They had a problem with, like, they used, like, when they were on the Airbus, they would all be, they had this dynamic set up where they would sort of drink to unwind (laughs) while they were watching a rocket ship, like, shoot something dangerous into the sun. Um, and I think for functional alcoholics like them, that might not be a good thing. No. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Um, there were aspects of the, that little sort of um, next season tease that did have me interested. Uh, most notably was the fact that Coulson apparently isn't director anymore. Did you? Did either of you like? I, I you probably switched uh, off altogether. Pre- yeah, Stop paying attention. To emphasize to... Was not paying yeah. attention. Uh, well, Stop paying that attention was. To tell Coulson. us what <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I can only remember snatches of it. I remember skies are goth now, for some okay. reason. I guess that's a logical uh, extension of everything yeah. that's been going on with her she's, so far. And she's learned how to fly, so Good. using like her quake powers, um, like that bit at the end of the Matrix yeah, where it's like, oh my like, god, can fly. She's kind of Robin Hooding about the place, robbing banks and giving the money to poor people and then shooting off always staying one step ahead of shield and um Coulson is just kind of he he's he's pursuing her um just as a free agent just, yeah like, yeah like he's just fancy doing it and you know, Mac, he's Mac, Mac busy. says some, something or other like oh here is the I, I don't know what exactly Max says, but uh, Coulson's response is, you'll have to tell that to the director, implying, of course, that he is not the director. So mm. that raises the question. Who then, will it be? 
I want it to be Maria Hill, but I have a feeling at this stage the the TV and the film side of the MCU is getting more and more separated with every passing episode of everything it seems there's just like more and more of a wedge being driven between them so it's it's seeming it's increasingly unlikely that well, that was Hill one of the things be. with the third like series particularly the second half they were kind of I think like one of the good things about the second series is they were teasing a load of stuff from films like yes. at the end of the third series Coulson is just watching the stuff that's happening in the, the Captain America film in a bar yeah. and just be and just he's just sad <laughs> there's no like meaningful yeah, interaction it's just like oh I guess this is happening like, the, then the, the Sokovia nice protocols nice if, or whatever if... are talked about but like I don't think there's any kind of they're not they've not got stuff no in common anymore really have they they've peeled off <laughs> Yeah, so it, we'll, we'll see. I would like to, that's one of the things I would like to see in season four, a little bit more reintegration with the film side of things. doesn't have to be major, um, but just a sense that they are still taking place in the same universe to a greater extent than just Coulson watching the events of Captain America uh, Civil War just happening on a news broadcast. Um, I don't reckon they're going to. I think... I kind of get the feeling that they're not really allowed to in the same way anymore. Yeah, I get that feeling too, uh, which is kind of sad because you know one of the things yeah. that was exciting about the whole project was that you know it was spanning TV and film and you know all the rest of it. So it'd be a shame if they do eventually become separated into effectively parallel universes. Yeah, so I get the impression that the reason a lot of people were watching was because of that tying in. Oh, undoubtedly. Threads. I mean, that, that's certainly why I originally tuned in, and yeah. it was only. I, I, and I'll be honest, you know, I really struggled with that first season. I, I gave up for a few episodes, and it was only after I heard that there was a major tie-in. With, well, with with kind of you know seeing Winter Soldier, and then realizing that that was going to have a major you would, effect. You wouldn't keep watching based on those first few episodes, really. Ooh. It was sort Ooh. of sub esque Monster of the Week. bit like a NAF NCIS. Yeah, <laughs> it was not good TV. And unfortunately, we haven't quite but gotten down to those they, levels. They've ploughed through that, though, and, to the, yeah, and when it was all clicking, it definitely did work. So yeah, they, yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I feel like we're kind of coming full circle because you reminded me now of one of the other things which I wanted to say I think is one of the main reasons that um, this season ended up being so disappointing was that compared to season two, which even though it had that kind of shifting sands feel whereby nothing ever... Like, there didn't seem to be a status quo. Whenever you thought, oh, this is a new status quo, something insane would happen by the end of the episode and, like you know you're having to readjust again so it just felt like there was just new things happening but whilst that was taking place there was it, it felt like it was it was telling a, a, a single story and it was going from a to b to c to d and so on um and there was a plan like ultimately it all tied together it made sense it and and it felt satisfying it felt to me that by the second half of this season, they were just making up as they go along. 
Like, it, it really didn't feel as though it was a... They were trying to tell a coherent story. I didn't know what story they were trying to tell this season. No, there were so many sort of opportunities for them to grab onto a thread and keep hold of it. Mm. Like, sort of Sky coming of age and becoming sort of leader of her own team, defeating Hive coherently... <laughs> anything with hive happening coherently would have been nice or like taking less time to happen yeah or just being better so i i don't know we'll see i would i think that would be my big hope for season four is that we can kind of get back to what season two was so good at of just having a game plan and just slowly teasing out the story over multiple seasons episodes I don't mind diversions. I don't mind B-plots, C-plots, other things kind of taking centre stage. But I would like a sense that all of these different spinning plates kind of, they, that they add up to something more. Like this season did not feel more than the sum of its parts in the way that season two did. So that's my big hope for season four, that, that we can regain that kind of uh, structure and sense of cohesion. Um, so yeah, I guess that about wraps it up, unless you guys had any other particular points you wanted to make about, uh, season three of Agents um, of S.H.I.E.L.D. I feel like we didn't talk enough about how Ward is eh. We didn't really dig into that, but maybe that's all that really needs to be said. You see, well, I really liked Ward up until the point that they decided to bring him back as Hive. Yeah, I he was like he was he was disappointing in season one, but then it was all worth it. Exactly. In season two, when we realised he was evil, but that should have been the end of it. Yeah, and and I feel like it is no aspersion on Brett Dalton as an actor. I think he's been an excellent actor and done everything he possibly could with everything he's been given all the way along, right from the first episode of season one. Um, but they. <sighs> And, and, and I, I'm not actually opposed to the general idea of maybe killing off Ward and bringing him back as some other kind of villain. But the villain they brought him back as was such a damp squib. Yeah. Like, what did he get to do? Be a bit sneery and stand around in a, in a fancy frock coat. For he was a just bit. kind of being Ward again, only dead. Yeah, he, was, he smirked more. That was about it. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I didn't notice a lot of difference, to be there honest. Was, there was definitely more smirking. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to end on a downer. I want, you know, the reason I, I put that last question last... Like, yeah, sorry, what? that's me. That's me again. <laughs> that's um, fine. Posi- a positive thing to end on would be... Uh, Mac got a shotgun axe. Yes, I wanted to mention that. Like, yeah, I was so. That was happy his most important bit of character development this season. <laughs> he now possesses an axe, which is also a shotgun. Uh, it has been specifically designed for his needs, yeah. which um, which are to have an axe which functions as a shotgun. I know it's the thing from season two, and it's like a callback more than anything. I'd just like to see how the. F- are you going to use that? Well, he does <laughs> use it in that one scene that one time. Yeah. And it is pretty not... cool. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think the idea isn't that you use it as both a shotgun and an axe at the same time. 
Oh, right. It's, it's not like a, it's not total synergy. It's really just, <laughs> it's one than the other. That's the kind of technological landscape we're in. You know, everyone's phone does everything now, not just a phone. <laughs> it's the spork of the weapon world, really. I mean, sometimes you're using it for its shotgun functionality, sometimes for its axe functionality. Um, but you're very rarely in an opportunity, in a chance where you're going to just use both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, um, that's a positive note to end on. <laughs> That'll about do it. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening to this. Um, normal service will be resumed soon. Um, um, and I've I've got a few bits and bobs. I want to go back and uh, have a little ramble about season two of Daredevil. Um, I might actually also write something a bit more considered about season three of Age of the Shield at something at some point. Um, few other bits and bobs coming up on this podcast feed so do stick with me um hope you enjoyed this and thanks very much for listening oh and if you've enjoyed this conversation and the three of us sort of rambling and giggling at one another um and you're also vaguely interested in doctor who or even if you've never given it a go maybe you can watch along with us um because the three of us watch an episode of um we're starting with the christopher eccleston series and slowly working our way through um, we watch an episode a week-ish and then we talk about it and that is fun and it's called Children of the Wilderness so if you like this maybe you'll like that as well and with that, here we go see you again soon goodbye Bye.